Hey, welcome in, boys. Sorry for the uh, vacation. Had to take care of some stuff in the South. Uh, that How are those Mai Tais, Tony? Oh, my God. They are great. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, down in the schlong of uh, the America. And uh, also, I was out on getting my schlongs snipped up. So, um, guess what? Having two kids, and that's all I'm having. Thank, thank the Lord. How about you guys? Chris, how, what was, how, the, Chris, how what was the over-under set at that? Uh, <laughs> uh, we think we said $10,000 on the vacation spent, and Tony to come back with only one testicle. But, yeah, that was my over-under. Damn. Uh, yeah, you were right there. Vegas is really good at the line, man. And uh, I came I came away on the over. With balls. Over on both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Always bet the over. Nailed it. But uh, I think we got some interesting quick hits. Uh, which one of you boys want to take that this week? Don't all uh, offer to take it at once. I got it, guys. <laughs> Certified B for of the week. The Commish. Bell Cow Breeder. 140.68 points. Love to see him off to a hot start. Might be a little too late, but he's going to try to make that playoff push. Just kidding. Lowest scoring team. Gavin. Hold my beer. Promising, you know. Start to the season, but he's selling again. We'll dive into the trade deadline later in this episode, but Gavin posts up a 92.4 points this week. Thank you for the easy win last week, Gavin. Uh, MVPs of Week 8, guys, we know who it is. It's Justin motherfucking Fields. Another 40.38 burger from the man. And, of course, Dijek wanted to add he didn't want me to go on Justin Fields all day as I'm the Residence Bears fans of this episode. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 39.14 from uh, Mr. Kevin Arway. He's going to be a tough competition the rest of the season. And then uh, CeeDee Lamb, solid 38 from uh, Commissioner Beaumont as well. Biggest bench performers, Gavin. Love the fact that he didn't start him this week. Tua, 29.4. He's actually in that MVP race this year, which is very cool to see. And then just some notable free agents that weren't on anybody's bench. Christian Watson, 32.7 points, having his coming out game um, with three touchdown passes. And then Nick Westbrook, 28.9 points uh, on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I believe Watson was picked up by Evan this week. And I think Westbrook is still out there. But... um, you know, we had some fab going on, guys, as we always do. Just some uh, notable stuff. Let me uh, look at this real quick. Robbie Gould, solid $3. Love him. He uh, still has residency in Chicago during the offseason. You busted out your wallet, and you grabbed yourself a little Van Jefferson at a $27 waiver cost, Chris. You plugging him in the lineup? He has to be this week. Uh, I'm short on wide receivers with uh, newly acquired Christian Kirk. Um, on a bye week this week, and then uh, Jerry Judy just you know tearing his ankle on the uh, first play of last week, so had to go heavy. Also went heavy on Christian Watson. At least I thought it was at twenty one dollars, hoping to actually snag both of them. Um, 
But again, Evan snag Christian Watson, which seems to be paying off so far this week for him as he's already caught a touchdown in the first half against the Titans as we are doing this podcast during the Thursday night football week. But Dietrich, I'm going to pass it over to you because uh, you had a hell of a busy week this week uh, with the trade, trade, trade deadline looming on Saturday. Why don't you get us kicked off here? Guys, I don't even know if I can if I can cover it all by myself. I'm going to need your help because the trade this trade deadline week has been bananas. We got people that are what seven and three that are selling the teams. We had people what? that were four and five buying it, making their way into the playoffs. All kinds of shenanigans happen in the MFFL. Um, I think the biggest buyer, Mister Tim Banka, half chub himself. He's going out and who's he picking up? Well, he's got Dalvin Cook now at the running back position. And uh, who else did he grab? Christian McCaffrey. No, that was that was Kevin Arway. Tim, you could have had a chance, man. Uh, we tried to make it work, but unfortunately, you know, went the other direction. But you did grab yourself a couple wide receivers that were on my team. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase coming back from that injury sooner than you think, Chris. Uh, he's off the crutches, and he's going to be back in the lineup very, very soon. And, uh, oh, yeah, he, he sent back some quality picks. I'm talking about... Tight end Kate Otten is now on my squad, guys. You'd love to see it. And, oh, quarterback Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm starting him this week. <laughs> I now have that the lovable Mr. Unlimited as my quarterback because uh, Geno Smith is on the bye. Uh, he proceeded to give me Matt Collins, which I quickly threw him on waivers because he is a bum. And uh, that kind of rounds up my activity. But, guys, you guys did a little wheeling and dealing uh, this week, tell me about your little transaction you guys you guys went after. Yeah, I'm sitting at my desk. Maybe was that Monday, Tuesday morning, and I get a little. It was ring-a-ding. Monday. Monday. It was morning. Monday. I did. Yep. Little ring a ding ding. Here's Chris Parker. What could he be calling me about? Well, first and foremost, the pleasantries of uh, how was your vacation, which was quickly followed up by I don't care, and here's oh. my offer. <laughs> yes. Um, and I liked it. Uh, it's pretty much how it went down. I want a first. How about a two, three? Perfect. Send it over. I'm driving. And uh, that's it. Man. it was, wow. How you get man. it done. Chris, easy negotiations by you guys. I, f- I feel like that's a fair trade for both. How do you feel about the newly acquired assets for your squad? Um, you know, Christian Christian McCaffrey is a top 10 wide receiver in PPR this uh, year. So, you know, had to go out and get him. And, um, you know, as our viewers know, I am extremely high on uh, Tony Pollard. Have been for, you know, two seasons now. Uh, still think that he can get some decent flex work in. And I need a decent, um, decent flex, um, you know, to go about the rest of the season. I have a couple players on by this week. Luckily, I'm playing Tony after I just took two of his biggest assets from his team. So, should hopefully be an easy win this week, but um, just funny. Tra- I love trade deadline week, especially when you're competing. Um, you know, I talked to talk with Vester and said, Hey, send over the trade proposal. Little does Tony know. And I plan on sharing this podcast. Dietrich, I think I also called you on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, during my 40 uh, commute work into uh, my office. Um, I talked to Thorzelik. I talked with probably four or five league members um, on Monday alone just to kind of get the gauge and see if, you know, I was talking with Gavin. I was talking, you know, I was exchanging text messages with Evan. Evan tried to, you know, send me some bullshit deal. I was like, I don't want Josh Allen, which he ended up um, making the trade with Trevor. Um, so Trevor acquired Josh or Josh Allen. And, um, but guys, I love trade that late week. I feel like, you know, the first, 
10 weeks of the year, I think we all kind of just do our own thing. You, us three usually talk, but you know, it's just good to kind of connect with the league, see what they're feeling. And, um, you know, Reese was Reese was a tough guy. Reese was driving home from Nashville, so I actually uh, was on the phone with him. And I said, Reese, I, I want Jonathan Taylor, and you get to pick. You pick either C.D. Lamb or Jalen Waddell, and I will send you a first and a third. And this was actually after I spoke with Tony, and I said, hey, you know, I was going to tell Tony to pound sand if, uh, if Reese was all totally on board with this trade. And Reese goes – you know, hey, give me a few hours uh, when we hit the road. And I think about it. I'm like, dude, I go, I don't have a few hours. Because I know once some domino effects happen, shit's going to hit the fan. And you either have to be first or you're going to get you're, you're going to be last and you're not going to be able to make a run. So I uh, pulled the deal off with Vester. I still think I have the best team in the league, even after all these trades. I think uh, Arlay and I have the best teams in the league. And uh, I'm excited to make a run. I think uh, – I've got a really good team. I think I have a huge advantage in the tight end slot with Andrew's questionable. Um, while while we're out, Kittle is, you know, hit or miss on most weeks. So um, I think I have a huge advantage to make a serious run at this thing again. Yeah, your team looks good. You were certainly stressing that urgency factor, at least in our phone call. You weren't willing to listen to my uh, hope, hopes and dreams that A.J. Brown would uh, – put up a good Monday night performance to keep me and my team alive this season that did not pan out accordingly. Um, but you made, you made the change and you dealt with Mr. Buster and it's a good, it's a good win for everyone, but the aforementioned Trevor's team, it's looking really good now guys. Uh, and he only brought, he only sent a second round pick, I believe uh, over to Evan. Now he's got himself Josh Allen in the QB slot. Amon Ross St. Brown and T Higgins are great wide receiver. It's a great wide receiver duo heading into the Moose Knuckle playoffs. He's got Derrick Henry going tonight. He's already got 12 and a half points. So, so far, so good there. Devin Singletary, um, guys, if you remember last season, he put on a hell of a run in the second half of the season and uh, was a league winner for many people in the fantasy playoffs. So Singletary's got what it takes to turn it on. And then Mark Andrews getting healthier by the week. Uh, He should be a performer for him. And now he's got Amari Cooper in the flex. So he's got a pretty good looking squad. Yeah, and you know, going going over to Orzlik, Orzlik uh, was one of the first trades that having traded Devontae just kind of for a first. He wanted me to send um, a first and a third for Wilson and Devontae before he made that trade. I said, "There's no way I'm doing that," and he ended up just giving Devontae away for um, and uh, Jeff Wilson. I'm sorry for I think just like a first round picks and uh, yeah, just one right. And so like. Uh, I texted Orz like I was like, "Hey, thank you for setting like the trade deadline or like the value this year like just so low, like just so low." Um, I think it helped us out. And then obviously I had to call back Orz like after I made the deal with Tony. I said, "Hey, like I want Zeke just as a handcuff situation. I I hope Zeke if Zeke doesn't give me any points the rest of the year, all I gave up was an eighth round pick. Um, so I'm okay to live with that, but." Um, I feel like I had to make that trade in the event that something happens to Pollard. Yeah, it was a good move. You definitely got. You definitely want both of those guys on your squad. One can go down, and then you know you get a bell cow there. But it's also a good point you uh, bring up with uh, you know who makes the jump first, and then what do the subsequent trades look like in years where I go and do my hail mary trades, and usually I do them early and kick them off. It is a domino effect. So uh, this year it seemed a little bit, although we got a lot of moves. It seemed a little more in the 
ballpark of reasonable uh, to, to years past. And, and, and Tony, unfortunately, we have to bring it up, the fact that Dietrich owns three first-round picks next year. Um, fingers crossed he fucks it up, right? I mean, <laughs> how's Reese doing? <laughs> oh, first of all, how dare you? But second of all, I'm very excited for next year, and it's our, it's our 10th year anniversary for the Moose Knuckle League. I'm coming in hot. I'm ready to ready to turn this around. I, I really liked the team. Unfortunately, it didn't work out this season. Had a couple of nice assets that I got to trade away to Mr. Arway and Mr. Banka. Their teams are looking red hot to compete with the Chris Barkers of the MFFL. So they, they are stacked, and somebody's going to be walking with a crown on their head down that Vegas strip next year. We're about to find out who it is because uh, the, the league is definitely divided. There is a top tier and now there's a, a lot of there's six, seven teams fighting for the bottom. So we, who knows how it's going to shake out? Uh, Ryan Saros is still a few games back, but he, you know, he kept his he kept his team pretty much intact here. So we'll see if he can uh, scrounge up a few wins as we uh, inch closer to the Moose Knuckle playoffs. And I think in a couple of weeks, um, I think Orzlik is two games ahead of him. Um, I think they end up facing each other towards the end of this year. So that could mean something um, if Saros is able to squeak out a win or two. So good for Saros for standing pat. He was trying to unload Ramondre Stevenson on anyone who was listening, calling him a league winner, which um, none of us bit for it. (laughs) Well, I think another important uh, highlight here, and then we can move on, is uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, Gavin dealing Jalen Hurts for a third-round pick. Uh, he's been kind of back and forth. He's had Jalen Hurts and, and Tua on his lineup throughout the week. I feel like it's a it's a weekly mention for us that one of those two quarterbacks is in like the biggest bench performers. So it's it only seems right that he trades one of those assets away, gets some pretty nice draft capital with it, and uh, we'll get to see uh, what – uh, Team Skeet is going to do with uh, Jalen Hurts on the roster going forward. So, guys, Yahoo is projecting the you know the final standings. They're calling Arway first, myself second, Banka third, uh, Zach fourth, which Zach didn't make any moves, right? Uh, Gavin fifth, who only you know made the real move on Jalen, which he just touched, and then uh, two-time Blue Man squeaking in at six with Trevor missing the playoffs after. Uh, dealing to acquire Josh Allen. So um, like you said, D, I think there's only three teams potentially that, uh, you know, have a shot and I'm rooting for banker or me, dude. Cause I think banker in Vegas as a champ would just be the most fun. I think that'd be more fun than me winning. If banker was the champion in Vegas. He certainly has what it takes. It's a great looking squad. Um, I think he's at the top of my uh, consensus kind of, um, you know, the leaderboard of kind of taking it for the Moose Knuckle title. I, I put you easily in the top three, Chris, and yeah, our way's at two for me in the power rankings. How do you see it, Tony? Similar? I mean, I just, not even biased. Justin Fields is putting up so many fantasy football points. It is like having Christian McCaffrey in the early days. It is so hard to overcome in that one position. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he is going to win a lot of people leagues this year. I at least have him in one league, and I'm hoping this is true. So it's going to be hard to overcome that, as well as Justin Jefferson. And uh, um, uh, I just traded him away. Um, I've, I've got PTSD, so I've lost his name in my Pollard or Kirk. Mind. 
Christian Kirk, uh, two top tens right there, man, at wide receiver and a PPR. It's, it's, um, it's my boy Chris, man. He's going to be the second two-time. Two-time, two-two-two-time. Is that how you say that? <laughs> two-time, two-time, two-time. I'll tell you what, if I do win and we do go to, go to Vegas, I will have a Fields jersey. Tony, I may have to bum yours off you, but I will walk the strip in a Fields jersey, and you guys can make fun of me as I'm holding the trophy. And um, oh, You should. That's that's kind of required. If you if you end up winning the championship with Justin Fields, you got to walk the strip with a Fields jersey. Um, and this is no slight of Fields. He has had a tremendous season. He's turned it around. He looks fantastic. Um, he has a really tough uh, like Moose Knuckle Championship week, Moose Knuckle Playoffs week. Uh, he's they run into the Bears run into some tough opponents fantasy wise. So it's uh, something to be mindful of. But you also have Herbert there. And um, we'll get into it later in the show, but I, you know, I think you got, you have a tougher uh, decision than you think uh, uh, with the Sunday night game for the Chargers. I think uh, Herbert could be a smash play this week. Uh, I would agree. Um, the, the benefit for me, the rest of the season, I have a very, very weak um, remaining schedule. I play Tony. I play Soros. Um, I, I have a very weak uh, remaining schedule. So um, I got to ride fields as long as I can. Uh, Derek Henry just threw a touchdown pass to Austin <laughs> Hooper. That is so, so disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys bet uh, Derek Henry plus two TDs tonight? Did not. I did not. Uh, me neither. But um, you know, he, he caught that. He caught that pass. Got him down to the field, and he passes it. He's already got one rushing tonight. That's frustrating. Are we back to twenty one? 2021 betting Derrick Henry two tutties. It's been working for Chris. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Let's move away from the MFL into the NFFL and into some sad news. Uh, That is the injury report. And speaking of top wide receivers, one of those receivers is now headed to the IR. Cooper Cup is now out. Do we know the extent of that injury? How long we're expecting? I know he went into surgery for a high ankle sprain. I think it's going to be, I think I saw six to eight weeks. I mean, this is, he's toast in terms of uh, fantasy performance. And guys, who is going to step up? I know we saw some big dollars go Van Jefferson's way. Ben Skoranek, he's currently on Jake's team, I believe, stashed away on his bench. Um, who's going to be the playmaker? Don't even say Allen Robinson because we all know that that's just going to hurt somebody's feelings when they try to start him and they get about four and a half points on the week. So who's going to be the playmaker that steps up? Or is this just going to be Tyler Hegby grabbing all the fantasy points? That's who it's been, right? <laughs> it's Higby. I mean, and... Uh, you know, uh, he should be coming off of concussion protocol, uh, Stafford. So, uh, who knows? Maybe he got some uh, the, the nuts uh, knocked loose again, and he's all right, and he can actually throw the ball again. Man, let's see. No opinions, Chris. All right, we will move on. To- uh, yeah, nothing on this. <laughs> nothing on this. You know, like it's – the Rams are just such a disappointment. Like, just like I feel bad for Aaron Donald. He was going to retire. He comes back to this. Uh, McVay was going to go to the booth. He comes back to this. Stafford gets injured. Um, yeah, I think Van Jefferson could be um, that outlet because Allen Robinson's going to get some p- 
potentially opportunities, and I just don't think he's going to capitalize on. Also moving on, uh, another guy to the IR, um, Khalil Herbert um, to the yeah, IR with a hip injury. Yeah, not great. Uh, this could potentially impact some fields, uh, maybe on the positive, maybe in the negative. We'll have to see if he has to run more to, to keep this offensive alive. But uh, it's great having those fresh legs there in Chicago, always moving that ball, and uh, great change, change, change it down back. Well said, Tone. This guy was the more dominant, effective uh, running back in that Chicago offense. He was looking fierce. And David Montgomery is—he's a free agent next year, am I right? So this was this was kind of the—you know—you really wanted to see it from Herbert. Um, it's a shame that you know he goes down, but you know those with stock of David Montgomery going into the fantasy playoffs it could be some opportunity for some major points there. I guess the good thing for us is that Orslick owns Montgomery, so there's no chance of ever facing Montgomery in the playoffs. Um, with that being said, this is a huge uh, hit to the Chicago Bears rushing attack, which is number one in the league. Um, like you said, great change of pace back. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully it's positive for Fields, though. And in the positive, Wentz could come off of IR or can uh, could play this week. But with Taylor Heineke taking out, uh, who was it? Dallas Cowboys last week? Was it the Bills? Who who did they take out? It was the Eagles, oh. man. They took a, they took off the undefeated Eagles. Oh my God! The only remaining defeated team in the league, uh, and quickly took to a United Airlines flight. And was balling out with all the defensive chains in a bush light. How can you not start that guy next week? It's so funny, Tone, because the image that you put in the show, Doc, looks exactly like that. Like, they got this man flying coach. He's like in a Spirit Airlines kind of situation where he's got no leg room. Uh, You would think the Washington Commanders could get a little bit nicer team jet here to head home, especially after that undefeated, you know, going, going against the undefeated Eagles and grabbing that win. But uh, the image is perfect. He's sipping a nice cold bush light. He has every chain on from the defensive line. He looks spectacular. And, yeah, you're not going to get rid of Taylor Heineke. And this guy's going to start. Uh, this is Wentz's ability to come off IR with that four-week stint. I, I still don't think he's ready. And why would you go to him right now? Heineke has played four games, I believe, with Washington and has won three of four. He looks great. He's, he's moving the ball for the uh, down the field for Washington. And he's awakened Terry McLaurin. So you're, you're getting fantasy performance out of Terry McLaurin, which was essentially non-existent in the beginning of the season. So I think this is a win. Keep keep cracking the Heineke's. And uh, Taylor Heineke is kind of like a nice uh, uh, quarterback two kind of like stream kind of QB filler for bye weeks. I think you can rely on him uh, in certain weeks. Love it. Uh, moving on to uh, other injury weeks for the week eleven, uh, we see Josh Allen or yeah, Josh Allen with an elbow uh, limited participant. Aaron Rodgers had a thumb, but we are watching that man sling some balls as we speak. Yep, Derek he's Carr. got a bye week coming up, so hopefully that thumb injury can get can improve. Because um, yeah, he's been he's been getting that thing wrapped each and every week, and there's a little bit taken off of each ball that he throws, but he's still out there. He's playing. He's a grinder. But uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the bye week will, will get him uh, get him right again. It's a cold one up there, so he's icing it up in uh, Green Bay this week. 
Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill also round out the quarterback list. Um, and here we go at the top of the list. Derek Henry running back, not injury related, but was a full participant and is two touchdowns deep in this game. Sorry. Sorry to say that so loud, man. Uh, Jamal Williams out with an illness, uh, did not participate. Hopefully he gets back. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a matter. He's not the guy there anymore. Najee <laughs> Harris. Uh, Pittsburgh for personal reasons. Uh, Montgomery was out uh, this week, so that's not great. Maybe Fields will be the only one running there. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he was there last week, still dealing with an ankle. Should be there this week. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott with the knee, limited participant. So we're expecting Zeke to be out back out there again. You think? Yeah, I think as long as Jerry Jones is at the helm in there, he's always going to be giving his boy Zeke Elliott some play time. So. Um, I feel like he makes uh, Mike McCarthy etch out like, you know, a third of the playbook, like the little sheet that McCarthy holds. They got this little section called Zeke's corner and they got to make sure that they go to at least a dozen plays for Zeke. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. Hey, listen, I think in reality, I think there could be a two back system and I think both of them could be fantasy relevant. I just, you got to utilize Pollard in the passing game more um, for the receptions wise. And if Zeke can, Get you 10 carries at 40 yards with a touchdown um, in my flex. I think that's great. He won't he won't make it, but um, I'm going to ride this Pollard train as long as I can. Yeah, I don't remember if it was McCarthy or the uh, offensive coordinator there, Kellen Moore, that said, uh, oh, you can't give Pollard too much uh, work because and then he starts to trail off a little bit. And uh, um, that's what I kept- saw that. Yeah, <laughs> they have like a they have like a cap on them, I, and I don't know what the what the exact number is, Chris, but I feel like it, they said something like it's like fifteen touches or something, and they're like, "Well, I got to pump the brakes on Pollard." It's like all of a sudden at like carry sixteen, he turns into a pumpkin or something. <laughs> hey, if if that's eight, if that's eight carries and then seven targets, and he catches six of them, I'm I'm good. Guys, Christian what? Watson just scored another touchdown. <laughs> He's Man. the next Devontae Adams book it. God, I knew I knew I should have pissed my wad against him. Screw you, Evan. <laughs> hey, there's still two days left in the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Excellent crossing route by Christian Watson was wide fucking open. You can still piss more. God. God, this guy is just that was beautiful. I, I don't know. They're clicking, man. When Rogers clicking with a wide receiver, man, it's just lights out. Yeah, they're on the same page, and and Watson's got breakaway speed. So it's uh, you got to have a guy over the top when for Christian Watson because he's just got what it takes to turn on the freaking Jets and blow past a DB, and he did so right there in that crossing route. Packers going for two right now. Probably going to whiff on it, but let's give it a let's run through it. AJ Dillon run, running out to the slot. That's never a good thing. <laughs> oh, a little little shifty pass to Aaron Josie squeaks it in for two. Here we go. I was hoping he was gonna miss it because I was still gonna live bet live bet the Packers to win this. But the odds are just not gonna be as great now. It's back yeah. within three with a couple minutes to go in the third quarter here. But when everybody listens to this, this game is gonna be far from over. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the suspense. Man, it's going to be a good game. Uh, week 13 with, at home. Uh, the the Bears will be at home versus the Packers, man. It's going to be a lot different game than week two. Uh, I'm interested to watch that game. 
Yeah, this is uh, everybody's making comparisons already for the Packers in that 2016 season, the famous run the table quote when they started four and six, just like they are, and, uh, you know, made their way into the uh, NFC Championship game. So we'll see if uh, Rodgers can continue on this uh, this good trend that we saw coming out of that win from Dallas. And, you know, a lot of good things have to happen because the, I mean, the NFC wildcard hunt, it's tough. I mean, the Giants are sitting there right now, and the Giants are what? Um, They've only lost three games. Yeah, or seven and two. Yeah, Yeah. they're two, three games. So uh, they look great. Uh, 49ers are in that mix too. So it's, it's tough. So you gotta, you gotta score a couple more wins to be able to, to get in that wild card spot because I, I don't think there's any catching the Vikings right now. Yeah. I had money on Vikings not winning last week and that didn't turn out very well, but. Not only is my ego and my wallet hurt, but so are these tight ends. Mark Andrews, Gerald Everett, and Cole Komet. Oh, and David Njoku as well. Um, The only one that did not participate was Cole Komet with a thigh injury this week. Um, So, something to keep an eye on there. And Cole Komet is that guy. The last two weeks, he's gotten two touchdowns each of the last games. Five touchdowns in the last three games. Um Again, if you look back, I think Sorrell's drafted both Komet as well as Fields this year. And if he just held on to them both just for a little longer, he would not be Sacco. We would have an Orzlik Sacco. Very true. Very Easier true. said than done, though, because both of those guys were complete bums um, early in the season. Completely, It would be completely irresponsible to be starting them. Uh, for that long a time because they were just developing you know, no fantasy production whatsoever. And uh, my, how things have changed. The playbook looks way different in Chicago. They, uh, they, they're running the ball up and down the field. Tony, you, I mean, we already went through uh, waivers, but you picked up Marcus Mariota. I think that's a great call just because I think there's going to be, you know, Bears defense isn't great. Justin Fields is scoring points. Mariota is going to have to keep up. And I think there's, uh, there's plenty of points to be had there and for a, a spot start like Mariota. As a Chicagoan, I'm very excited for the Bears next year. I think they've got a great foundation with Comets. I'm excited to see Claypool get an offseason under the Bears. Um, $100 million in cap, a top 10 pick. Um, sh- sh- uh, exciting times for the Bears fans. And Packers are in the downhill uh, spiral. So, <laughs> What do you think they're going to do at the running back position, Tony? Because they're probably not going to re-sign Montgomery, but I feel like they would would grab a Wiley veteran to kind of back up Herbert. Yeah, I don't think Montgomery's going to be there again. Um, and unfortunately, like we saw Montgomery kind of surge. Uh, we usually have some pretty good backfield, and Khalil Herbert is that. But, you know, who will that be if Khalil Herbert steps up? Usually, you know, we, we, we develop some pretty good talent um, there. So... I would lean on that, but that's some different regimes. I don't think we're going to spend um, uh, draft capital for that. That might be something we fill with, um, you know, cap space um, yeah. in the season, like like you said, Matt. Agreed. Kudos to the NFC North. I feel like they that there's one thing they know what to do, and it's pick great foundational running backs. I feel like the entire NFC North gets it right. Um, Aaron Jones, fifth round pick. I mean, uh, they just you know they find gold in these in these and whether it's late in the draft or acquiring pieces like Jamal Williams from the Green Bay Packers now starting for the Lions looks great um in the absence of DeAndre Swift he he fills in quite nicely for him so 
Um, I have, obviously Dalvin Cook's been doing his thing in Minnesota for a few years now. So um, good performance all around at the running back position in our black and blue division that you got to have a strong run game. Um, I tell me, I disagree with you on that. I think Bears would could draft a running back in like the third or fourth round next year. Um, they got hundred million dollars in cap. Throw it in. Uh, throw it all in the defense. Um, first round pick, either grab the offensive tackle out of Northwestern or uh, a top wide receiver, and piss away the money on defense, and then snag a, a young running back um, in the third or fourth round. Yeah, I could see that, uh, especially because of the timeline of a running back, right? You you only have a few years. You draft them, and uh, you get to run them, run them down for a couple years, and and then they're out of the league. Unfortunately, that's just the way the position. So, uh, hey, but Chris, I don't think we're going to be uh, spitting that top also, ten pick on a running back. Uh, I no. just pulled up the twenty twenty three running back free agents. Chris, can I sign you up for free agent? Tony Pollard getting on the Chicago Bears. See, like, oh, man. You know who else is a free agent? Josh Jacobs. Uh, We got Saquon Barkley. We got Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Jeff Wilson. Kareem Hunt is leaving for sure. Uh Kareem Hunt is leaving for sure. Who's younger, Hunt or Pollard? Anyone know that? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna lean Pollard on that. Bears, the Bears have the cap space. Could they make a run at Barkley and just go like RPO Barkley and Fields all day? <laughs> That's sexy. Cream Hunt is 27, and Tony Pollard is 25. I I like Pollard too. Uh, not a lot of miles on the legs. Can ca- can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, that's a good double-headed monster there, but uh, if I, if Barkley finishes the season healthy, knock on wood, um, I love that for the Bears. I don't know why, but I, I really do. Giants were trying to re-sign him. It was either a week or two weeks ago, and uh, yeah, he ripped off a couple of good games. I feel like he took a look at the schedule and was like, no, I'm not ready to sign quite yet. Let me just go beast mode for a couple of weeks so I can kind of bump up my paycheck numbers a little bit. So I bet you New York kind of breaks the checkbook out and signs him again. But um, another interesting name that I'm now noticing on the list, uh, Damian Harris from the New England Patriots. I feel like that's another nice fit for Chicago. Yeah. He can catch balls too. Um, Very versatile back. I mean, with everyone named though, I would love to see Monty back. And it just depends on the price. That man knows the scheme and he runs hard and we're getting it done with him. So... First and foremost, resign that man. If not, I guess I'll settle for Saquon Barkley or Tony Pollard. Oh, I think both of those are better options than Montgomery. Uh, and I think you get into Josh Jacobs. Uh, that's kind of Montgomery style. Um, but maybe I put Cream Hunt as a bump above that. Yeah. So great. Uh, speaking of Josh Jacobs, we were having this discussion in the office. Obviously, you guys, do you guys see that article about the Raiders that came out how they cannot fire Josh McDaniels because they are a cash poor franchise right now? No, no. All right, so they're 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 saying that they're a cash poor franchise and they can't fire McDaniels and he's going to be here for this season as well as next season because you know cash flow issues. They're, they're still paying Gruden because they're still, they're still paying Gruden, right? And I think <laughs> like the state the stadium issues and everything, you know, relocating. So. Um, Devontae 
maybe a one-year wonder um, in the Raiders because the Raiders are not going to make the playoffs. Um, they're going to get a high draft pick. They could you know, draft, a, draft a, a young quarterback to get Carr out of there. Devontae would not want to be part of a rebuild. Chicago's got a first-round pick and would need a wide receiver. Tony, first-round pick for Devontae straight up to get him on the Bears. They have the cap space as well. If anything has been proven, it's that this year with Devontae in Las Vegas is that he's the talent that Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's separate of Aaron. He is talented and can work with any quarterback. And I think having the speedster like him and then the tall man like Claypool and Komet, I mean, you know, Claypool's opened up a lot for Komet too. And you still have – uh, who's our little guy there? Man, my name is just fucking terrible today. Uh, the Bears have a midget on the team? They got a little Dante Pettis. They got Equinemius in. No, who was our number one before Claypool came in? Uh, oh, Don Mooney? Mm-hmm. Mooney. And, I mean, that's uh, those are your, what, top four targets? That's, that's, that's a Chiefs-like offense. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm, buddy. Just, I'm just saying. I think the Bears could shop that number one overall pick for a wide receiver like a Devontae who could potentially be available. That's all I'm saying. I'd love that. We'll see um, what comes of it. Um, plenty of time for the Bears to fuck it up along the way, so we'll see uh, We'll see how things shake out. <laughs> um, guys, let's move into locks of the week. Tony, who you got this week? All right, we'll skip wide receiver uh, entries and go right into Kansas City uh, at uh, Los Angeles Chargers. They are giving five points, and I think they'll cover that easily. Um, I think Kansas City is surging right now, and uh, Chargers have a lot of injury worries. Um, We don't know. Hopefully, Everett and Williams uh, come back this week. We'll see. Keaton Allen, probably also a long shot. Uh, but if not, I mean, Kansas City's going to run all over him. Man, I don't know. Uh, I, I might be going a different way as we cover this game later tonight, but uh, I like it. I like your I like your balls of steel right now uh, going, picking KC. But um, I'll jump into my lock of the week. I am taking the Buffalo Bills. They are playing Cleveland Browns. I jumped in the show kind of early on this one. I was saying – uh, before the news broke uh, earlier today, watch the weather report as this game was going to be an absolute snowstorm in Buffalo. I mean, there was talk of three feet of snow all the way up to six feet. It was going to it was going to be that ugly out there. So I was like, hey, uh, just watch the weather report before you take Buffalo minus seven and a half. And the over under was at uh, 41 or 41 and a half just based on the weather conditions. Well, now the game has officially moved to Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, due to the snowstorm, and because of that, the line is now Bills minus eight and a half, and the over/under jumped to forty-nine and a half. So a pretty big swing, and I will still take Buffalo at the minus eight and a half. Chris, who you got? God, can you imagine if you pounded that over a couple days ago, just in Buffalo, just to be a jackass, and then like just they move the stadium to a dome, and you're just like just licking your chops right now at a, a, what an eight-point swing? Yeah, you're just yeah. fist pumping. I saw the weather yeah. coming and I pounded the under. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Good thing, good thing that wasn't your lock this week. Um, guys, we, we witnessed probably the game of the year last week with uh, uh, eight and I'm sorry, seven, one, eight, one Vikings at the time. And then uh, going to Buffalo, um, 
game of the year. Um, Justin Jefferson made the greatest catch of the year as well. Um, all I've ever seen. Arguably, right? Arguably, right? So um, Josh Allen, all he needed to do really was just take a knee in that in that end zone, take the safety and kick it, and maybe you know you would have had a chance to win playing uh, Monday Night Quarterback here. Um, but uh, Vikings are at home against the Cowboys. Cowboys beat the Packers uh, in Lambeau last week. I don't know how Vikings are getting one and a half at home, but um, I will not only take the one and a half, I will take the Vikings outright because I do think they are for real. <laughs> and then I will dive into the bold predictions, guys. Um, these two are, have been arch nemesis forever. Patriots are coming off a bye, and I'm sure we'll see the stat. I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but Bill Belichick is undefeated after every single bye week is probably the stat. No joke. <laughs> Fuck that. Jets are for real. J E T S, Jets, 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 going to Foxborough. <laughs> Three and a half. Take the points. Well, when I went to go do my bold prediction, I tried. I scrolled down. I was like, oh, where's the Jets? And sure enough, Chris had already taken this bold prediction. <laughs> they are underdogs, and I agree. Always bet Jets. Well, guess what? These guys are underdogs, and I couldn't believe it during scrolling. Los Angeles Rams at New Orleans without Cooper Cup are now underdogs? I mean, there's a lot of other pieces there in that Rams offense that uh, can easily overtake the Andy Dalton led New Orleans. Is that still who's chugging a football down there? Yeah. Yes, sir. I guess. Well, so I will take uh, Los Angeles Rams plus three and a half. All right. Good pick tone. I like that one a lot. Um, guys, I don't know how you, how you forced me into this corner, but I am riding the Chicago Bears this week as my bold prediction. I am taking the Bears plus three. Um, I did a little did a little research on the old interwebs and found out that Justin Fields is a Georgia native. I had no idea. So he will love this homecoming game against another defense that will let him run free, throw deep. Um, he's on the fast track in Atlanta here. So uh, Falcons are turning the corner from uh, competitive to an absolute free fall. <laughs> So they they don't have the weapons to take advantage of Chicago's uh, weak defense. So give me the Bears, uh, you know, the, give me the Bears, and uh, let's call it like thirty-one to twenty-three. I think there's some points to be had, like we talked about at the top of the show. Um, so start your Mariotas, start your Justin Fields accordingly. All right, at minute forty-two, hey. he says, "Give me the Bears." Gonna take that. Dietrich, what would you bet the over/under for? It's not out yet, obviously, on Thursday night, but. Uh, Justin Fields rushing yards. What do you think that over under is going to look like? Because you know Soros is going to, you know, bet that he rushes for a hundred yards for again. But what's what's your uh, prediction? Oh, man, for this Atlanta game, um, shoot, I don't know what they're going to put it at. I bet you they put it at something kind of mouth watering to make people jump on it, like like low to mid eighties, and see if people jump on because it might just be a game that. You know they don't think it's gonna is gonna be a points bonanza, but I think the opposite, and I think Justin Fields is gonna run on this one. But uh, he, like I said before, he's got matchups that are coming up that um, it start it might just start get kind of predictable, where uh, folks will be planning to have that that spy kind of permanently on Fields, where he's not gonna be able to run it like he has in in weeks past. Sure. I, I don't think a spy matters. I think he's just faster than everyone else. So if he has a little bit of space, I think he's going to exploit it. 
He's been able to keep just plays alive, his passing uh, opportunities alive, and that I just I can't believe how he's just getting people to miss tackles. And uh, that was a good uh, call out on the the '80s because uh, Washington uh, in Week Six and uh, New England Week Seven, he was about 88 and 82. Dipped down to 60 against Dallas, but then he went off with that 178 and 147 the last two weeks. So I could see Vegas hitting like the 80 or 90. Um, but would you take the over then? Yeah, I think so. I think you got to bet it. I mean, that's there. There's a a dozen to you know 15, 16, 18 plays that are dedicated to Fields running the ball, and I don't think Eberflus is going to change that this week. So um, I think he's got an opportunity. Take the over. Herbert's out too. Yeah, we could, we'll have to see, man. Sunday night football, guys. Chiefs at Chargers. Chargers giving five and a half over under 50 and a half. Vester, start it off, brother. Man, you already know where I am here. Um, Kadarius Tony. Uh, start your Kadarius yeah. Tonys now. Uh, he's the man. Would he get almost 20 points in his uh, debut as a Kansas City Chief? They know what they have. Andy Reid knows how to play this guy, and that's just one of the many names I can name there. Um, drop your Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That story is past, by the way. <laughs> it has, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco, um, seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, has certainly supplanted 2020 first-round pick Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So uh, he's the top of the Kansas City depth chart now. Um I guess why I thought your uh, KC pick was interesting, Tone, was Juju Smith-Schuster still in the concussion protocol, and Mecole Hardman was placed on IR. He is dealing with an abdominal injury, and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling missed practice all week with an illness. He's probably going to start, but maybe you have to you know, temper your expectations. Um, and meanwhile, on the Chargers side of the ball, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were both spotted back at practice this week, and... Uh, yeah, you know, what's there to say about Austin Eckler? Had a little bit of a shaky start, but now he's everything you want him to be. Um, number one overall running back in PPR formats. He had a touchdown streak going for five straight games. That ended last week against San Fran. He probably gets back at it in this one. So I am going to take the Chargers plus five and a half. And Chris, are you continuing to bench uh, Justin Herbert? Yeah, I have to bench Herbert uh, at least until – Justin Fields gets me below 25 points. Uh, he's a lock for me. Um, interesting stat on Eckler I read this week. If you took away all of his rushing attempts, including his yards and his rushing – or I'm sorry. Yeah, his rushing attempts and his rushing uh, yards, touchdowns, and you only look at the receiving stuff, he's a still a top 15 running back. So he's, he's having a great year. Uh, um, I have to call out Evan Bierman as well because obviously him and, he sent me like some dog shit proposal, right? He wanted like me to send him a first round pick for Allen, Amari Cooper, and Odell Beckham Jr. And I was like, "Hey man, like I don't, I don't need Cooper. I don't need Allen. Like this is this. this is, I told, I told him it was a dog shit trade. So then he goes and makes the trade with Trevor. And I was like, "Hey man, like that was kind of a totally different trade than what you know we talked about. Like I would have been interested in Cardarius. He's like, really? Like is he that big of a needle mover? And I was like. Yeah, Juju's in concussion. Hardman is, um, you know, on IR. And they just announced that he's going to be returning kicks. 
yes, he is go- he is the Tyree kill of this offense moving forward into the playoffs, and you just gave him to Trevor. So, um, yeah, I would I had to call it Evan there, but I will take uh, the Chiefs to cover. Um, I just the Chargers have just been meh this uh, this year, and the and the Chiefs are the real deal. Yeah, well said, Chris. Um, I was watching the podcast that Travis Kelsey and his brother do, and Travis was talking up. He was hyping up Kadarius Tony in a big way, saying that they actually they just stole them, stole him. <laughs> Can't believe they got him on the squad. Um, hey, man, uh, we've talked about it on this podcast before, so this isn't this isn't news to anyone here. But we're all big fans of Kadarius Tony and his work. When he stays healthy, he is absolutely electric on the playing field. It, it makes you think, what the hell is going on in New York? Because they obviously need a wide receiver. He was on their roster. Now he goes to an awesome environment. You have Kenny Galladay, who has not been great for them. But like, if Kenny Galladay goes and he goes to another team, is he going to resurrect his career? Like he was good in Detroit. Like Giants wide receivers are just not great. But again, Odell Beckham is maybe looking to sign with them, or excuse me, the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I guess uh, if a quarterback's got a type, Aaron and Daniel Jones got a type, you know. <laughs> And sure. uh, it doesn't have to be a big flashy guy with talent. Uh, well, I guess Devontae Adams and Christian Watson, they got talent. But uh, Darius Slayton uh, in New York, right? <laughs> that's the guy. Hey, that's my that's my wide receiver this week. <laughs> I started. So that tells you, uh, tells you a lot right there. Uh, guys, one more, one more game to cover for us. This is the Monday Night Preview. Uh, the 49ers and Cardinals meet in Mexico City on Monday night in a showdown between division rivals. Uh, FanDuel has got it at 49ers minus 8.5 with an over-under at 43.5. Uh, guys, what do you like in this one? The Cardinals got a badly needed 27-17 to win over the Rams last weekend with backup quarterback Colt McCoy under center. Kyler Murray missed the game because of Warzone 2.0 double XP weekend. I mean, uh, a sore hamstring. It was a sore <laughs> hamstring. Um, Murray hopes to be available Monday for a game that is crucial for staying alive in the playoff race. Um, other ones to other players to uh, to highlight for me is wide receiver Rondale Moore, definitely emerging as a reliable kind of second option next to DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. He got nine passes for 94 yards against the Rams, so he seems to be heating up a little bit. Um, how do you how do you guys see this one playing out? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this um, stadium in Mexico it's pretty high elevation, right? So it's almost like a, a game in Denver. Uh, so yeah, and I think uh, to that point, Tony, I think the 49ers went to Colorado to prep for this game. And that's where they've been all week practicing. Um, so maybe a little bit of an added advantage there because I, I think Cliff Kingsbury uh, said in an interview that they were sticking to their regular practice facility and business as usual. So um, maybe there's something to that, getting acclimated to uh, being in the elevation there. Yeah, maybe they just think we're in Arizona. It's kind of like Mexico. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, eight and a half is a pretty big spread, but definitely Arizona has had their problems. And uh, I I think San Francisco can cover this. You know, they've added the weapons they have there. 
uh, Christian McCaffrey. You were obviously to get, able to get some pretty good uh, um, capital back for him, and he's going to continue to get adjusted to this new team. But the issues that Arizona has had have eased in the return of DeAndre Hopkins, also opening up things for Rondell Moore. Zach Ertz, obviously gone now. That that, that hurts, but uh, getting that talent back helps. This is a hard one. I like where Vegas put it. It makes you think, uh, but I'm probably going to lean San Fran. I think so too, Tone. Um, I'm a little excited to see the emergence of Trey McBride. You know, what was that? Third round pick, tight end for Arizona. Um, see what he can do in the absence of Zach Ertz. Um, it hurts to have no Ertz. I had to do it, dad joke. Um, but <laughs> it seems like uh, Trey McBride could be something. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see if he gets any attention this week. Um, so I'm going to take San Fran minus eight and a half. Chris, where are you going with this one? I don't like this is in uh, Mexico City. So I am going to go with the Cardinals because they are closer to the border. I think their fans are going to travel well. And uh, give me the eight and a half. Um, I know 49ers could arguably be one of the most sneaky teams in the NFC. Um, but again, just... I don't know how I feel about a Mexico City game, so uh, give me the state um, that is closest to the beautiful country of Mexico. There you have it. And, and to your point earlier about Christian McCaffrey, Tone, I mean, um, he didn't run – he didn't have his best performance last week, but running back Elijah Mitchell came back, and they gave him a ton of playing time and looked pretty good when he got his uh, when he got his opportunities to, to carry the rock, so – um, could be a really nice two-headed monster for San Fran going forward. That was very surprising to see. They definitely were back and forth. Absolutely. And uh, the, the man can ball. He he ran that ball. so um. He can. And it, it goes to show that they're, they're taking this seriously about being in kind of a wild card presence and pushing to the playoffs, wanting to keep Christian McCaffrey at 100% as they kind of make their way through. And having Elijah Mitchell as that kind of 1A, 1B kind of setup I think it's going to work well for San Fran uh, in the weeks to come. Traditionally, you know, San Fran's had to keep three or four running backs on the roster because they run through them. So, hey, man, keep them healthy. Right. They've they've always had a bit of a rotation, and I don't think people expected it with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, but um, we saw it, and and Mitchell, yeah, made the most of his, uh, his playing time. You're swiping left or right, Chris? I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to. I, I, I I'm so like my Amazon is so delayed. Like I literally just saw that Packer interception, so I was like, I'm like, is he taking it back? And like I, I'm, I don't know if you guys are watching it now, but like Tannehill just made a sick little tackle. <laughs> Did <Yeah>. he? <laughs> uh. So, um, yeah, uh, Titans are up ten. We got a little Wayne concert coming after the game, D. Is that correct? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. But, Get um, your purple before, drink ready. Before, before we cover little Wayne performances, uh, guys, uh, aren't you guys playing each other this week? Can I get a little bit of breakdown of this? <laughs> I don't know, Tony. You want to break this down? If I broke down, you mean my team? Uh, sure. Uh, Broke down bitch, Tony. (laughs) I will be starting the acquired uh, Jacoby Myers from New England from Chris. Uh, 
quickly dropped uh, um, Traylon Burks uh, this week. But uh, <clears throat> Tony doesn't even know who he acquired in the trade. <laughs> uh, Traylon Burks. I <laughs> uh, got a question for you. Should I start Gerald Everett or the Dolchich, who uh, missed a couple of passes last week, last week, but is getting highly targeted on that Denver offense? Ooh. Everett. So yeah, Dolchich I think it I, is. <laughs> well, I think I lean towards Everett too. I, I like Everett. I like that matchup. Um, he was questionable earlier in the week, though, was he not? Yeah, he, a, he still is. Okay, something to monitor there. But yeah. um, I'm a big Gerald Everett guy. I think I've I've touched on that kind of earlier in the season. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, it looks like he was limited in practice with a groin. Ah, my groin. Ah. I also acquired Baltimore for ten dollars this week, which uh, I know we didn't cover under the Fab section, uh, and I outbid another individual, Gavin, who had ten dollars. But since I suck, I had a better waiver priority. Um, a lot of hot hot takes on that Baltimore team. I also had um, a waiver claim for free on Baltimore, so I had to make a um, a move for a defense today. So ten dollars a little steep, I thought, for a defense, especially for. You know, a team that's not really comp- competing, but um, I digress. Oh, I, I disagree. I think that's a that's money well spent. They are playing Carolina, and I'm pretty sure Sam Darnold is starting. So that is worth the $10 right there. I think the line is 13 and a half. And because I got a guy at work who is taking the or um, he's taking the 13 and a half and he thinks that the Panthers are going to cover. <laughs> Yikes. Let me tell you the rest of their schedule at Jacksonville. Not great. But then Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. Tony, you don't have to tell me. That's, I mean, I thought I was trying to be sneaky and just going to stash them on my bench for the playoffs. But, um, yeah, you got them. There's two more days to trade it, by the way. I think I said that right. Uh, I, am, I am done. Um, I am going to enjoy my weekend and not have to worry about uh, doing fantasy football trades. I'm 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 content. But anyways, you want to hear any more about my dog shit team? <laughs> <laughs> that about covers it, I think. <laughs> no, I uh, I'm right there with you, Tony. I'm going against Gavin. He's been a bit of a powerhouse in in prior weeks. Um, he is seven and three uh, right now. Yahoo is teasing me with saying that the projections are within like a few points of each other. That is a joke. Um, he actually started Ryan Tannehill against me uh, tonight, and Tannehill's got himself 21 and a half points. So um, that's looking good so far. Tannehill's threw two passing touchdowns. He's thrown a pick. Um, Rodgers just threw a terrible ball in the middle of the field, not even close to Sammy Watkins. Um, so, yeah, that's, I'm start, I'm having to start there. There is Slayton, like we talked about. Um, Deontay Foreman, Jamal Williams, Pat Fryermuth. You know, these are all kind of unsexy names that have kind of, you know, they're the, as Chris would call it, or as our favorite broadcaster would call it, the hard hat and lunch pail kind of guys. There's nothing sexy about them, but they show up to work and, uh, you know, sometimes produce some points. Sometimes I'm, uh, you know, the lowest scoring team of the week. So we'll see what happens. I don't have high expectations. I know that. And, and to be fair, I think Sammy Watkins could have caught that ball. I think he slowed down. Um, he was wide open in space. Uh, Rogers did not look happy there. Um, um, 
You're right, but we're also talking about Sammy Watkins. He hasn't been able to catch a ball for the last couple of years, and I don't know what Green Bay was thinking trying to sign him and, and expect something otherwise. Let me ask you, would oh, you rather I, have A.J. Green or Sammy Watkins right now? A.J. Green. You, can, you can't make me. it's terrible it's terrible Uh, tony this is what nightmares are made of (laughs) well boys as we head into the night of this podcast um will you be continuing this green bay packer journey or joining me in call of duty t-trick um can I have both? Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear it. Chris, when are you downloading the new Warzone so that we can uh, affect Kyler Murray's fantasy football output? I'll cut you a deal. I will download um, Call of Duty once my fantasy season becomes irrelevant. And it is not yet. Okay. If I win this week, does it become irrelevant? I have two days left to trade. <laughs> to be fair, if you win this week, I'll down, I'll download this stupid game next week. But my, my my team is still relevant. But I mean, Tony, I mean, Yahoo's calling it a seventy seven percent chance of victory. Um, you know, I really am. I'm really stoked. Um, I think I'm second projected highest points uh, for the week, and I've got Van Jefferson as my wide receiver too. And I'm rolling with Zeke in the flex. So Ken Walker the third as well as Christian Kirk on the bench with their bye week. So um, as long as I stay healthy, I think I got a shot um, at, to make a run at this thing. So really excited. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, my God. <laughs> Good luck, Tony. Thanks, bud. Hey, man, you got any more than wide receivers, Dietrich? It's slim pickings over here, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much I can help. All right, boys. All right. I think that'll do it for us over here at the Moose Knuckle Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. Whatever platform you're listening or or watching us on, please give us a like, a subscribe, a thumbs up, a follow. Whatever that button says, just hit it. It goes a long way. Feed the algorithm. And uh, we love your faces. Good luck in your matchups this week. Do better than the Packers. Peace out. Peace. Bye for now. I am riding the Chicago Bears this week. Give me the Bears. Give me the Bears.